This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors in the financial industry. Outer Blue by Amundi. Welcome to Blue Research. Knowledge sharing on financial research. Hello and welcome to the first of a series of podcasts produced by Amundi on topical ESG themes. Today's podcast is going to explore the topic of net zero based on two papers written and published by Amundi's ESG experts. While carbon emissions have been slowly increasing despite efforts to bring them down, net zero commitments, on the other hand, have skyrocketed. Setting climate objectives used to be the domain of public institutions, but no more. Investors are increasingly on board and net zero alliances for all kinds of financial institutions asset owners, banks, asset managers now exist. As the COP26 in Glasgow draws ever closer, a net zero alliance of alliances going by the name of the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero is planned. What exactly is net zero? Here's a quick reminder. Net zero refers to the need to lower greenhouse gas emissions close to zero. The concept has evolved from the temperature reduction objectives agreed on as part of the Paris Agreement. A subsequent report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change in 2018 demonstrated the importance of limiting temperature rises to 1.5 degrees centigrade and translated this objective into a target of carbon neutrality within 30 years. The specific figure of 1.5 degrees has been chosen, as above this, the risk of wildfires, flooding and food shortages significantly increase. Another common question is, who does net zero concern? Well, in short, the answer is everyone. Governments, corporates, banks, asset owners and managers, as well as us as individuals. It will unquestionably entail massive industrial and financial shifts. To date, governments representing 70% of global emissions have made net zero pledges, alongside a growing number from private entities. But whilst the ambition to tackle the issue is clear, the same cannot be said about the corresponding necessary actions. 40% of companies with pledges have yet to explain how they will meet them. The 2018 Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report showed 90 different scenarios for reaching net zero, but assumptions and modelling vary dramatically. One such plan is the recently published International Energy Agency Net Zero Emissions Report. The net zero scenario of the International Energy Agency is a welcome development. It shows detailed modeling of how the energy and industrial system need to evolve to keep CO2 emissions within the remaining carbon budget before falling away to net zero by 2050. We have no doubt that this scenario will become a key reference point for many stakeholders. The scenario relies on several factors. Faster electrification and energy efficiency gains, as well as deployment of alternative fuels such as hydrogen. Behavioural changes are also of huge importance. Net zero commitments have soared in recent months, and whilst it would be easy to dismiss them as a marketing ploy, it is clear the net zero movement 
is not going to suddenly disappear on the close of COP26. Preparing and planning for net zero is vital. Unfortunately, significant policy and ambition gaps remain. For instance, even if we assume that governments pass all the necessary policies to deliver fully on their net zero pledges, it is estimated only 40% of the emissions gap would be closed. What challenges will be involved in attaining net zero? The International Energy Agency Net Zero Emissions Scenario identifies five challenges. Firstly, from an industrial point of view, a staggering ramp-up of activity is required. For example, the annual capacity addition of renewable power needs to be two and a half times higher every year to 2030 compared to 2020 levels. From a financing angle, the scenario is incredibly capital-intensive. Future clean energy investment needs are three times higher than in 2016 to 2020. Innovation is another challenge. Two-thirds of the incremental emission reductions beyond 2030 depend on technologies that are still under development, such as solid-state batteries, carbon capture, green hydrogen and direct air capture. Coordinating international policy will also be essential to avoid competition issues and share the costs of new technologies. And last, but by no means least, society will need to accept the necessary behavioural changes. Breaking habits is not easy, and voters do not yet favour climate legislation. What does net zero mean for investors? There is no single answer or clear pathway to net zero and it will undoubtedly be a huge challenge. It requires a full understanding of what net zero means for the investor across the whole value chain. Matters are complicated by there being multiple, diverse frameworks for net zero. But common ground between them does exist. All the frameworks need to deliver in the real world, demonstrate their contribution to both clients and regulators, and to follow established guidelines. Our aim today is to present some guiding principles to assist in preparing and implementing strategy and to address how investors can contribute to net zero objectives, both their own and on a wider scale. There are five underlying factors that investors should consider in any net zero investment strategy. Number one, the first step should be to exclude investment in corporates that are detrimental to net zero objectives. Number two, taking historical carbon footprints into account is good, but combining these with forward-looking metrics, including CapEx plans, is better. Number three, active engagement with corporates is crucial to turn investment beliefs into concrete action. Number four, there is huge scope for innovation when financing the transition to net zero. And number five, traditional approaches to strategic asset allocation should be reassessed to account for climate risks. These typically rely on historical quantitative analysis, but risks around climate change require the addition of more qualitative and forward-looking inputs. How should an investor go about setting a net zero strategy? Investors should start by developing a comprehensive exclusion policy for the worst polluting industries such as coal mining 
and coal power generation. It is also important to look beyond short-term exclusion to innovation and engagement. There is still plenty of scope to develop relevant products as access to relevant indicators, along with robust related data improves. With regards to engagement, this is a means of demonstrating if an asset manager's net zero objectives are credible, as well as putting pressure on companies to act. Investors play a key role in pressuring corporate laggards and encouraging the industry leaders. A current difficulty for investors is the lack of any standard net zero product which can be applied across all assets and geographies. It is impossible to build a net zero today product as too few projects and companies have net zero carbon emissions, not to mention there are too few credible commitments in the first place. Despite this, there are some core elements investors should consider implementing. Investors should seek carbon reductions in the real world, not simply avoiding polluting sectors, but also ensuring their alignment policy is sustainable and can gradually accommodate more stringent objectives. Any strategy needs to look at trends and use forward-looking indicators. Some are already available, some still work in progress, but we can already name science-based targets or temperature scores, which aim to assess ambitions against net-zero trajectories. Investors also require clear reporting, which will include selecting the right KPIs. Reporting will be key to demonstrate results. Finally, investors should be aware of the social dimension. A green transition cannot succeed without being socially inclusive. The transition to a net-zero world is going to have large social impacts, on job security and quality, health, sustainable housing and transportation, amongst others. Assessing the social acceptability of corporate carbon reduction plans will be key to evaluating the risk of setbacks in the implementation phase. What should investors keep in mind when incorporating net zero in their strategic asset allocation? The first recommendation is to adapt your targets to different regions. Carbon footprints and trajectories differ depending on a company's location, as does a company's capacity to reduce its emissions. Targets need to be assessed within a specific business and geographical context. A developed versus emerging approach would be logical as a decarbonisation target that would prove tough for a company in India, for example, could prove conversely lenient for one with operations in the EU. Secondly, there are opportunities to unlock financing barriers. Innovative strategies have potential to release some of the barriers hindering net-zero financing, such as public-private collaborations, which can lower the cost of financing for clean energy developers, whilst also offering investors an alternative capital allocation. Finally, investors should consider new asset classes which can assist in the financing of the transition to net zero. Significant investment will be needed to scale up existing climate innovations and develop the innovations of the future, for example, green impact strategies, green private financing, renewable energy infrastructure supporting R&D projects or venture capital. In conclusion, what can be considered the most important aspects of a net zero strategy? Company engagement is unquestionably essential, not only as a means of exerting pressure, but also 
of providing support to the industry forerunners. We believe engagement should take into account regional and sector variations or constraints, so we prefer to use sector-specific indicators and regional pathways when these are available. Through our engagement activities, we want to ensure, first, that companies avoid compromising net-zero efforts by developing assets that will continue to generate carbon emissions outside the net-zero carbon budget. Second, that they are doing their own transition in an equitable manner. Third, that they are contributing to develop the necessary low-carbon solutions. And finally, that they are leveraged on the opportunities created by this transition. Accordingly, three types of actions are necessary. Firstly, applying pressure for wider adoption of low-carbon practices, such as the development of wind and solar, electric vehicles, carbon capture and storage, green and blue hydrogen, or zero-carbon-ready buildings, and practices such as voluntarily limiting business flights. Secondly, actively discouraging the continuing development of carbon-heavy operations in terms of setting timelines for phasing out new fossil fuel boilers or cars powered by combustion engines, and refusing approvals for unabated coal plants. And thirdly, pushing for the review of the attractiveness of new fossil fuel extraction projects. These can become a potential wasted opportunity to allocate capital towards low-carbon solutions, as well as a potential risk of stranded assets and should be reviewed in the light of a net-zero scenario. Finally, it is worth highlighting the importance of the new sectoral decarbonisation pathways. These will be a valuable tool to benchmark progress as they allow the projected pathway of a corporate to be compared to a predetermined carbon budget, which is compliant with the International Energy Agency Sustainable Development Scenario. Essentially, these can offer investors a means of ensuring carbon footprints are being reduced effectively. However, as with many aspects of the net zero journey, these are still a work in progress as specific pathways have yet to be designed for several key sectors. This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors as defined in Directive 2004-39-EC, dated 21st of April 2004, on markets in financial instruments called MIFID, investment services providers, and any other professional of the financial industry. Views are subject to change and should not be relied upon as investment advice on behalf of Amundi.